0: Ayers on the Road. Parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda
1: Iyer. Hello, radio listeners. Here we are, Linda. We're uh, For a rare occasion, we're broadcasting from our own home. And it is beautiful. And while we were gone, winter came to Park City.
0: It snowed. But, you know, it's kind of fun to see. We've been in autumn, in several locations, we just missed it in Japan. wasn't I mean it was not quite on yet. And then we kind of missed it here. Heber was beautiful. We saw a lot of fall in a lot of places, and now we're back to winter.
1: Well, we loved. We saw we saw the peak of fall in Boston and in New England. Well, actually, it might have been slightly past the peak. But I like the late autumn. I like I like it when at least half of the leaves are on the ground, so you can kick your way through them and make that wonderful swishing noise and then when we got to new york and central park i think that was pretty much the peak of autumn right there
0: that was gorgeous we just are so lucky we happened to be there the end of april the peak of spring in central park and now the peak of fall. It was absolutely dazzling. It was so beautiful.
1: But we wouldn't even have cared what the leaves or trees looked like because we would have been with our little granddaughter Zara and our little grandson Dean. And up in Boston, we were with our grandsons Charlie and Peter and our granddaughters Hazel and Emmeline. So We've just <laughs> kind of been on a grandparent tour the last. Few little, that's one way to look at it, anyway, a grandparent tour.
0: I know. I well, I think last week had we just we had just gotten home from Barbados, and then we we did have a grand tour of the East Coast this week, mostly seeing kids, but speaking to a group in New Jersey, which well, was
1: also beautiful. A lot of you listeners know that when we get a speaking invitation to go somewhere, if it happens to be a place where one of our grandkids are, we say, sure, we'll go right away. We don't even have to think about it. We will be
0: there. And so that way we get to see our kids so often. We are just so blessed. We were just figuring this morning, you were just figuring this morning, that um, within the next how long? Three Well, in
1: December and January we're going to see eight of our nine children will be in on their turf in most cases and some of them will come here for christmas and it is a blessing in this world we know when we're doing this radio show that there's all kinds of family and all in all kinds of situations there's there's people who we sort of admire and almost are jealous of whose kids all live right in their same neighborhood even though they're grown and their grandkids are just down the street and They can spend every day of the week going to a game or a concert where one of their grandkids is performing, and that's a great thing. And then you have the other extreme, which is kind of where we are, where our kids are spread all around the world. But the saving grace is technology. Just before we got the call for the radio show, we we were FaceTiming with our daughter in London and making sure she was okay, and... Her husband, because London's not that far from Paris, and we've all been praying for Paris and praying for the people who have lost loved ones or who are injured there and so on. And so we, but I'm off the point. The point I was making is, isn't it great for those of us that have our kids and grandkids far away that we've got FaceTime, we've got Skype, we've got email, we've got blogs, we've got Instagram. It's almost like being there, but not quite, because it's really hard to hug them over the uh, Internet.
0: Yeah, some of our little granddaughters think they can kiss us through the Internet, and we're not going to tell them any different because they're so
1: cute. Well, one of them thinks they can feed us through the Internet. She's always trying to give us bites of her her food and kind of gets uh, their parents' phone. A little bit messy. Gets their phone a little bit messy.
0: But it really is an off point. We are also so blessed to live in relative safety, although nowhere in the world is safe anymore. It is so scary. It just Oh my goodness, we, we can see it coming. I mean, ever since 9/11, but this ISIS thing is out of control. And of course, we're not going to spend the whole time talking about that. But
1: well, but one thing about it that I we've both been thinking about a lot since yesterday is that uh, anytime there's a crisis, um, even a distant one, even even something terrible happens a long way away, an interesting side effect of that is it just. Uh, it sort of makes you want to hug the people you love, doesn't it? It kind of makes you want to, you know, it it sort of gives you a fresh perspective on what really matters in life, and that's the people we love and the relationships we have within our families.
0: Well, and it opens our worldview, too. I mean, we um, were going through Instagrams last night, and a darling little, my, my sister's granddaughter, Hazel, who's... Eleven, I think. Eleven. She immediately texted, and even though that happened late last night, she immediately texted. Pray for Paris.
1: Or right, yeah, was she, it was their Instagram, right? Yeah, on yeah, an
0: Instagram post. I mean, she said, "I was just three hours ago, I was just laughing with my friends, and then this comes on TV, and I realize that this is so sad for those people. I mean, it really makes our children part of the part of the world." Well, you almost wonder world. how
1: you almost wonder how much you want your. Children to be part of that world, and how much you want to kind of isolate them and protect their their tender feelings i as the discussion we were having last night is that is that a good thing that an eleven year old is that aware of what's happened in paris and in a way it is i mean no, in a i way. think it
0: is i I think our kids need to be more aware of what's going on in the world, not to the point of scaring them, but just being aware so that they can feel like they're they're part of something bigger than just their own little bubble.
1: Yeah, but it's a kind of an individual thing, isn't it? There's some kids you'd want to really protect from something like that and maybe others that that could handle it. But anyway, um the the by the way, now that we're 6-7 minutes into the show with our rambling, it's time to announce that this week's show is on the subject how good parenting can improve your marriage and and let me set that up a little bit before you give the bottom line answers Linda because a lot of times the people in the work we do and the people we run into sometimes you get the feeling that it's like a competition it's like it's like I have limited time and resources and if I'm really focused on my parenting that is going to uh, take time and mental effort away from what I need to do about my marriage in other words you know which one is the priority which one do I focus on most they sort of compete for the same limited amount of time And, and that's kind of a natural way to think but I think it's an erroneous way to think because in our experience for what it's worth the better a marriage is the better those two people do at parenting and vice versa the more involved they are with their parenting the more um uh, deliberate and and uh, and and focused and proactive they are on parenting their kids the better marriage they have now there are exceptions we do run into to some people who are really fabulous parents but they're just not given a hoot about their marriage and they're sort of on separate tracks, and and that's obviously not a good thing. But in general, you know, I guess one way to say it, Linda, is nothing draws two people closer to each other than being involved and sort of teamed up on a cause or on a project or on something. You know, working together draws you closer together. So if you're working hard together on your parenting, the other thing that's happening subliminally is you're drawing closer to each other within your marriage.
0: Yeah, I think that is really true, and sometimes we miss that great opportunity, to, especially for wives to draw in the husbands um, to the parenting, because let's face it, usually the buck stops there with the mom.
1: Less so than it used to be, though. Yes,
0: certainly, and and I have to preface this by saying fathers are more involved than they ever have been.
1: All across the world, we've all
0: across the world. It's so true, and I have to say, Richard, that you were totally involved with the kids your whole life. You were so good with um, the process, the uh, working out solutions to problems, and so on. I mean, we'd been married for. 30 years before you knew how to turn on the dryer, but really, <laughs> he does
1: not get into that.
0: <laughs> really, you were a fabulous parent, and I think the dads are now even getting involved in turning on the dryer and doing the housework and cleaning, which is so great if you know if it's if it works. Well,
1: but, I gotta say, I gotta disclaim that a little. I mean, you're nice to say that, and it's true, I have always felt like parenting should be an equal partnership, but there really was a time when I was. Uh, maybe a little too tied up in my business and wasn't spending as much time as I wanted to uh, with you uh, or with the children. And I had to work pretty hard to correct that, but, but that's not the point you're making. And I agree with the point you're making, which is across the world, like I say, dads are more and more involved and you see more and more, partnership uh, marriages and partnership parenting, and what a great thing that is. I mean, it's fine to specialize a little, but the old way of total specialization where you had a lot of dads who just didn't know squat about what was going on in the home and really didn't care, I'm, I'm sorry to say, and, and their time and their role was bring home the bacon sort of thing, and uh, you know who was getting cheated in those situations was the dad. The dad was getting cheated out of the best part of his life, which was being with his wife and his kids. Well, I think
0: it's ironic that in those days, back in the Leave it to Beaver days, um there there was so much more time, really, for the dad to be involved because it was usually go to work at the office at, at 9 and come home at 5, or go to work, at, whether it's a blue-collar worker, whatever it is, but they go 9 to 5, but then they're home. Now, so many dads are traveling. I mean, when let's face it, when our kids working, were little...
1: Or working investment banker hours.
0: Right, working long, long, long hours. But when when our kids were little, you were doing political consulting. We were living in Washington, D.C., and you were gone for Four days a week. And um, I would just get everything all organized, and then you'd come home and were the fun guy and orga- reorganized everything and all that. So, I mean, you know, it's. I didn't
1: hard. never reorganize anything. Well, you You know, I had oh. <laughs> everything
0: set to go on certain times, and you came home and just reorganized all that because you wanted to have fun. But that's, I mean, you know, it's still, we have a son right now who's in Australia for three weeks. They live in Switzerland. He has a job that pulled him to Australia for 3 weeks and his wife and little daughter are there on their own and that happens all over the world now so it ha- it's a double effort to get that father involved and feeling like he is part of the team who is helping to raise the children
1: now now we we're, we've been a little general here but uh, we'll take a break in a minute and when we come back after the break what we want to do is give you some sort of best practices. I mean, that's part of what we do as we travel around is wherever we notice a couple that's really got it going, we try to learn from that. And uh, not only a couple, but single parents teaches a whole lot of things. But we want to give you some specific ideas on certain things you can do that are sort of focused on parenting and on being a better mom and dad to your kids. But the end result of which is closer and more emotionally uh, interdependent relationship with each other as a couple. As a partnership. So
0: we'll be back in just a minute. Iyer's on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And here we are live. Whoa, that was a recorded little ad that we did a long time ago, and it was weird to hear ourselves, huh?
1: Yeah, you sounded so young then, Linda.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like six months ago.
1: Okay, Uh, so so here's our little agenda for the last half of the show. We want to We want to suggest some specific ways which you may adopt or which you may modify or or get an idea from to form your own idea, but ways that uh, uh, you can specifically work on the needs and welfare of your children, in other words, on your parenting, and at the same time have the byproduct of finding yourself drawing closer to each other and really enhancing your love within your marriage. So, I think we would both go, Linda, to the Five Facet review for our first example of that, don't you think?
0: I think so. I mean, somebody gave us this idea
1: years ago. Who knows? Many years
0: ago, and I can't remember who it was, but it was a great one because we really have tried to be consistent and deliberate in doing this, because um, I think it's helped more than any single thing for us to feel like we're working together on our parenting, but also to catch problems before they got out of control.
1: Right. Now, it's admittedly kind of a strange title. We give it a five-facet review, but that title becomes meaningful when we explain that the basic idea is to go as a couple – now we're we're talking here to parents who are married but on the same token a single parent can do the same thing by going with a grandparent or a friend who knows the children but the idea is go together the two of you uh... once a month and have it be a specific time like the first friday of every month or whatever And if you have to reschedule it do it but but make it consistent go to a dinner the two of you on a date if you will and only talk about the kids and the five facets are how is Tommy doing physically, how is he doing mentally, how is he doing socially, how is he doing emotionally, and how is he doing spiritually. And By the time you talk through and brainstorm those five facets of each of your children one at a time, you will find that you get very, very deep into how that child is doing and and where he is and what he needs.
0: Um, in fact, I think it would be a good idea if we had... Our producer, Gera just put those five things on the website just so that you can catch hold of that. It's kind of fast going by, but it's just all the facets of your child's life.
1: And the development of that child.
0: Right, and it is so interesting because, you know, you think, wait, you had nine children, five facets for each one of them. You must have had to go to a Chinese restaurant with 32 <laughs> courses, and actually, no, it was really interesting because a lot of times, well, you know, he's doing fine physically, but. Socially, our oldest child was very shy and very reserved and didn't seem to be able to find friends very
1: very well. Which is and, not a bad thing, but something that might need attention.
0: Yeah, she certainly isn't like that now. <laughs> She's <laughs> surrounded. But um, it really was a fun thing to work through that together. What can we do to make this better for her?
1: And Let me give you this from a dad's standpoint. Um, uh... and i think this would apply to a lot of fathers there are a lot, we run into so many dads who are really deeply committed i mean they're equal partners in terms of their equity in the family but they're probably not around the kids quite as much as the mom and they probably don't see uh... and maybe i'm just going to be blunt they may not have sort of the intuition the mom does on some of the child's needs and so on so what usually happens When a couple initiates this practice of going out once a month and really focusing for an entire evening in an organized way with notes, with a notebook that you're going to bring with you each month when you go so you can have continuity from one month to the next. But when that happens... The usual pattern is the dad learns a lot about each of the kids, and it's the brainstorming process. It's it's the mom saying something like, "Well, did you know that uh, Tommy is uh, in the lowest reading group in his in his second grade class?" And the dad's like, "What? What's the deal? What's going on? Well, what what can we do about that?" Well, and, and you begin to delve into it. You begin to think about it, brainstorm it, and the dad. Oftentimes, wouldn't you agree, Linda? Dads are problem solvers, and if they get it, if they get it, if they understand, here's an issue, or here's an opportunity, or here's a concern, that's when they sort of kick into action and become more involved.
0: Oh, absolutely! I I feel it so often. Moms don't use the great resource they have in their husband because they are usually great problem solvers. If if they're presented with a problem and I need some help on this. What can we do about this? Um, It's amazing. They come up with some great answers, for one thing, because they are a little bit removed. Sometimes we're so close to the problem that we can't really see it um, in perspective. So it really is a great idea to get those dads involved and get them solving problems. And then you give them an assignment in order to solve the problem. I remember saying, now, Richard, you have got to take – this child and read with him twice this week, and then you'll know why he's struggling with reading. You'll know exactly where he is and what we got to do to help him.
1: Well, and then Linda, you know, I mean, it's clear uh, anyone listening that Linda's the CEO in our family. I might be the CFO or something, but uh, <laughs> she's the one giving out assignments. But, but kind of capture the, the the concept of this in your mind. Now you're sitting there together as a partnership talking about your greatest project your most important goal which is the raising of your children and as you're doing that together what's happening to your relationship well it's getting closer you're respecting each other you're you're appreciating each other's inputs and opinions you're you know you're working together on a project and the project just happens to be your kids and the working together on that project is what's strengthening your relationship and and kind of get this picture in your mind. You're sitting there, nice restaurant, enjoying a date together, focusing on the most important thing in your life, your kids, taking notes in a little special notebook that you're going to bring with you next month. So that and you know Linda's going to say, "Well, did you do that reading that you were assigned to do? Is this is is Talmadge's reading improving or whatever?" And so. But I want to go back to one thing you said, Linda. It's not like some. You don't get the idea that this makes your life more complicated. Oh, so many facets, so many kids. No, it's the opposite. It will simplify because what you're doing is sort of honing in on the areas that really need attention during the coming months. And you're formulating, I want to, whatever time I have, that's where I ought to spend it. That's who needs help this month. That's where the concern is. And so you're really simplifying life by having this five-facet review once a month.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like we caught more problems in the bud before they got out of control than any other single thing we did in our parenting because You know, things come up all the time. I mean, even now, when people say, how are your kids, I say, well, they're all fine except the ones in crisis this week. And, you know, somebody's always in crisis, and that's the way it was when they were growing up, too. Somebody had some need, somebody, some friend was being mean, or you know some situation was going on with in school that was um a crisis and and you really need a partner to help you work through that and well
1: I, some of those were obvious i mean you call them crises if if there's an obvious crisis you don't need a five facet review to recognize that but but what the five facet review helps you to do is notice potential crises or emerging problems or tendencies that ought to be paid attention to in order to have them not turn into some kind of a problem, right? And also right. opportunities. I mean, it's not all it's not all negative. You may sit there in a five facet review and 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 one of you may say, "Hey, uh I noticed that uh, Sh- Shirley was really interested in uh her friend's violin. Maybe maybe she has a talent there. Maybe we should look into that. I mean, so you're looking. You're just trying to see beneath the surface of that child to recognize both potential problems and potential gifts or opportunities.
0: Right. But it does also give you a chance to work out something that when a child is in crisis, you know, helps you to work through it and, and which facet is this and how can we help. Um, right. I, I just... I can't tell you how. In fact, we still do five basket reviews. Even though all of our kids are gone, when we're in a long car trip or something, we just run through, what, we, what do you think about this child right now? And even though there's not a lot we can do about it at this point, um, we can help. You know, we can uh, jump in and do some things, make a call, um, figure, help somebody figure out a, a situation they have with our grandchildren.
1: Yeah, but I, but I think you're right. It's nothing compared to what it used to be because if your kids are small, I mean, remember, you know, and, and again, it's not just our memory on this. We've now worked with literally hundreds of parents who do this, and and what's interesting is when the kids are preschoolers. Oh my gosh, there's so much to think about each month because of the rapid development and growth of that child you know the, the, I mean the faster they're growing and the more you, you all you know that you know that they learn 80% of what they know in their first 5 years or whatever the number is so it's while things are moving fast there's even more need to be on top of it all the time and once a month a thorough review believe me it's not too often
0: that's true and um let me just mention that one other. I mean, because I think they they've got that, but one other thing that you can do to really improve your marriage, just just your courtship. Um, you need to maintain a courtship, and that also makes you a better parent because your children see that you prioritize each other, and that you love each other, and so on. And we try to be very sure that we ha- we're out on a date at least once a week. Uh, we chose Friday nights, but it was always really fun to feel like we we're doing something i mean we just know parents that have never ever left their children
1: um, that's a bad thing one in for, particular. even for the children
0: i mean they're they were fine with it and so on but i just think their relationship it, they need to teach their children that their relationship with each other is crucial
1: and Linda, there, there there's one more uh specific thing you do for your kids that can draw you much, much closer as parents, and we're not going to have time to get deeply into it, but let's mention it, and then we may we may want to do the whole show next week on, on this idea, because it really is a powerful parenting idea. And that is what we call decisions in advance. Helping children to sort of role play and do a case study on sort of things they may face Uh, as they get older and to help help them to make the decision before the crisis point of peer pressure. Whether that's whether they're going to smoke, whether they're going to drink, whether they're going to ride in a car with someone that has been drinking, whether they're going to, you know... Go to
0: college. I mean, there's some positive things about it, too. Um, i think that's a great idea well let's let's do that next week because it takes a while to explain but that also has been very very helpful but,
1: but what i wanted to say the reason i wanted to at least bring it up this week is when when you're doing that and we'll we will explain this more next week when you're involved as a couple with trying to help a child anticipate difficult times that will come up and you're both role-playing things for him and trying to to get this done that's a powerful influence on the on the the love you feel for each other as you're you know involved in this together and thinking back over your own lives and and using yourself as an example to the child of things that you've learned that draws you closer and closer as a couple so bottom line the very things that strengthen your, you as a parent and make good parenting for your children also pull you closer together as a couple in your marriage relationship.
0: So we wish you the very best, and we'll be talking again next week on Eyes on the Road. Bye-bye.